Welcome everybody to the Nerdpool Podcast with the fat fool who loves Deadpool, your host, Jamie. The water's fine. Come on in. What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me, it's me, it's a J-M-I-E. Your 197,565th and a half favorite podcast host. And as always, you're Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And on today's episode, we've got to talk about the biggest thing that's happened this past week. That's right, a lovable war veteran meets his American beauty bride. They come together in love, matrimony, and the whole world has watched. I can only be talking about one thing, and that is Deadpool 2! That's right, today we're going to be talking about Deadpool. Captain Deadpool. No, 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 wait. No, 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 no. No, just, just Deadpool, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Deadpool 2 has hit theaters. Deadpool 2 came out with a bang, a slash, a boom, an explosion, and it hits you in the gut. This is a love story to end all love stories. This is a movie for the ages. This joins the likes of Godfather 2 and Terminator 2 as movies that are better than the original. This movie is knocked it out of the park. And this movie, with opening weekend over $300 million, has made Deadpool in two movies a billion-dollar franchise. Let that sink in for a minute. The movie that Fox didn't want to do, the movie they greenlit, put as an R rating, took that big of a chance, has grossed over a billion dollars in two movies, and has quickly become one of their hottest, if not the hottest property they own. The X-Men movies have not been doing that well since Days of Future's Past, and it didn't do that well. First Class did awesome, and Deadpool is just killing it. And before we get into the movie, let's talk a little bit about, I want to talk a little bit about how the, the build for this movie went. You know, usually they put out trailers and teaser trailers galore and you see them everywhere. You didn't see that. They released two trailers for this movie. That's it. And they did like two teasers. Not a lot compared to, you know, Marvel of uh, movies or even DC movies that you see everywhere. What they did was have Deadpool show up in everything from the being on the, the Today Show to being involved with frozen dinners to showing up on other Fox 20th Century Fox Blu-ray DVD slip covers variant covers which I own all of them now thank you for making me buy all the movies twice just because Deadpool's on the cover but they are amazeballs to Ryan Reynolds doing showing up on Twitter and Instagram and on TV shows and other stuff just him being in the Deadpool costume, not doing commercials, but just keeping the name out there, keeping Deadpool in your mind because of how he's he's infiltrating other stuff was very smart marketing. They didn't have to put a lot into marketing because Ryan Reynolds did it himself, just putting on the suit, which he said he took, and it was his suit. And he has just showed up everywhere, and he has put so much... 
he's put Deadpool into your mind so much that you had to see the movie. Brilliant marketing ploy. And this is the first time I think that that's ever been done, especially at least for a superhero movie. I know to where they didn't rely heavily on the trailers to sell the movie. They relied on the star being in the costume to sell the movie. And he did. And again, an amazing job for an amazing movie. Him being a writer, there was a little bit of controversy with um, the original director from Deadpool 1, Tim Miller and Ryan Reynolds. They had a falling out to where Tim Miller left the project. And a lot of people thought that this movie wasn't going to be good without his insight. And in steps Ryan Leach, Lech, however you pronounce it, who did just as good of a job finding the nuances and essence of what Deadpool is. You know, with a script written by Ryan Reynolds and everybody else, the movie catches what the comic book essence is. Yes, they do change a few things. But the movie is amazingly done, amazingly shot. This movie has one of the best soundtracks in a movie period since Guardians of the Galaxy. Every song in this movie is used perfectly in tune with what the movie needs at that time. From when you're listening to Celine Dion's track for this song. Yes, Celine Dion. She has done two major film songs. Titanic and this one. And this is a beautiful song that's in the opening credits. And it reaches in and it will tear your heart out and make you want to cry. Because this movie, again, is a love story. And this movie is a family film. Even though it's rated R. But between that, the Dolly Parton songs, the dubstep songs, the ACDC songs, the, the entire soundtrack it is amazing front to back. And again, it's used perfectly in tone with what Deadpool is. It is so decidedly Deadpool. Now, we do learn a few things in this movie. A few things that we should have caught, but we never did. And they bring it to light and it makes you think. So this is not just an action-packed comedy superhero love story. This is also a thinking man's movie. We have to ponder such questions as why is Shatterstar such a prick? Has Cable killed as many people as Melanoma? Why does the superhero community discriminate and fat shame and not let overweight people become superheroes where does Russell why does Russell keep this pin in his prison wallet the entire movie and how does it not hurt him we also find out that Disney has ripped off a movie Disney did something right in front of our faces that none of us caught. And it took Deadpool bringing it to light. And that is that Frozen's iconic Do You Want to Build a Snowman is really just a ripoff of Papa Can You Hear Me. Can you believe it? You don't believe me? Do you want to build a snowman? Papa Can You Hear Me? Right in front of our faces, people, and none of us caught it. You're a genius, Wade. I can't believe it. We got 
a love story between Vanessa and Deadpool that ends in tragedy and comes back. We get a love story between Cable and Deadpool that Cable doesn't want. And yet Deadpool forces. We get to see the hug and subsequent fondling of Colossus by Deadpool, which is just heartwarming. There's so much love in this movie. And we find out that family isn't just an F word. Family isn't just an F word. We find that luck really is a superpower. And we find that X-Force was not destined to be. Spoiler alert coming. I'm not going to try to go through the whole movie because I really want you to go see this movie. We're just going to hit some key points in it that I think is amazing. First off, the, the, the few things that I didn't like. They broke the fourth wall a lot. Sometimes I think they might have overdone it. But with it being hilarious, I ain't picking that apart. Because I'm glad they finally did it. Because the, the, before, I thought we were, all we were going to get was Deadpool with his mouth sewn shut and lasers coming out of his eyes. And I'm talking about uh, Wolverine Origins, which we'll get to that later. Because this film has the greatest after credit scenes, yes, scenes, in the history of the universe. We get Cable's first appearance and Cable with the iconic glowing eye. The iconic, the iconic metal arm. We get Winter Soldier references, of course, because it's Deadpool. The only thing, my only issue with Cable, there's two issues. That, well, my, there's two issues I have with Cable. First off, his hair. The haircut he had just didn't fit Cable to me. Now, granted, that's a, that's a small nitpicky thing, which is it didn't bother me. It's not like I was focused on going, oh, well, this movie's fucking ruined. No, I enjoyed the movie, even with Cable's millennial haircut, which is fine. The other thing that kind of annoyed me about Cable was, it wasn't annoying. It was just because we had just seen Avengers Infinity Wars, I kept hearing Thanos. I kept picturing Thanos. And it's it's not a bad thing. It's not like this. he doesn't stand as Cable in this own in, the, in his own way in this movie. It's not that that happens. It's just that, you know, you just come from seeing this iconic 10-year build to Thanos. And so it's the same guy, same voice. So you kind of, for a moment, at least for the first little bit, you keep hearing, you hear Thanos' voice until you get into the character of Cable, until you get into that, caught up into the the essence of what that character is. Again, those are small nitpicky things of this film. It is in no way, shape, or form. Did it hurt the movie? Did it make me not like the movie? This movie is better than the original, like I said. And this movie is top five favorite movies for me now. I've already seen it three times, which is as many times as I've seen Avengers, and I plan to see it many, many more. We get um, spoilers alert, spoiler alerts coming up. There'll be times, again, spoiler alerts coming up. I'm going to drop certain hints, you know, certain things of this thing that might spoil parts of the movie for you. We do get to see at the end the gray and black X-Force costume, but we get to see it in a weird way to where Russell Firefist has grabbed Wade, hugged Wade, and he told Wade, I can't trust you, and basically blows Wade up. 
and there's ash all over the costume. So it's his red and black costume, but it's now gray and black because of all the ash, which was a cool way of seeing the costume because you get that iconic X-Force costume in this movie, which I didn't think we were going to get. Speaking of X-Force, the build to X-Force is funny. Speaking mainly of Domino, um, Zazie Beats, as everybody knows, I have kind of been critical of them casting her, mainly because I didn't want them changing the character of Domino that much, and I was worried. She actually does a good job in this movie, and, and you know I am willing to say that I jumped to conclusions too much because I think she pulled off Domino very well. She looked good. And so my apologies to her on doubting her ability. Mainly, it was, again, as when you get caught up in what a hero a character is from a comic book, it's kind of hard for us as fans sometimes to let that go and to open our minds to what could be different. And she pulled off Domino. I mean, she, pulled a little, she, she gave it her own little spin on it. But in no way did I hate her performance of Domino. I think she did a great job. Her interactions with uh, Deadpool... And other characters was phenomenal. And so my hat's off to her. On top of that, we meet other X-Force alumni as Shatterstar, Bedlam, uh, Vanisher, Zeitgeist. And of course, everybody's favorite X-Force character from the TV, from the trailer, Peter. Sugar Bear stole our hearts. In the short time he was on screen. And made us love again. After the opening scenes of watching Vanessa die. Yes, that's right. Vanessa dies. And we'll get into that. As I try to fight back tears. R.I.P. Vanessa. We see the... We, we get our hearts brought back. And full of love. From Peter. Sugar Bear. Yes. Anyway, <clears throat> he recruits his X-Force, he gives his spiel, and for some reason, they keep saying a wind advisory is in effect. So I pretty much assumed that we're fixing to see every one of X-Force die. And did they? Bedlam flies into a bus going through the front windshield. Shatterstar falls into a helicopter blade spinning, which kills him. Basically showing he is not better than us at everything. And basically kind of sh- giving us what we want because he's kind of a prick. Vanisher falls on electrical wires and fries and we get our first look at Vanisher. Peter survives the fall. As Zeitgeist flies into a wood chipper. As Peter tries to save him, Zeitgeist vomits on him and the acidity melts his arm off and kills Peter. R.I.P. Sugar Bear. So we have X-Force, which is basically left of Domino and Deadpool. In a scene trying to save Russell Firefist, who is was put into the Icebox prison with Deadpool after he attacked after he had an incident at the Essex Mutant Rehabilitation Center for kids. Um, Deadpool ends up killing some of the orderlies. Because they are abusing the children. Colossus ends up tackling him. And they send him to the icebox with Russell. Where we find that Russell has stashed a pin in his prison wallet. A shank. Constantly pulling out this ass pin. 
we get to see our first appearance of Black Tom, which Deadpool references many a times. It's a white guy with dreads. He makes a joke about his superpower being cultural appropriation. And the rest of the time, it references him as a, an African American, which is hilarious. And especially when they're talking about Cable after Cable has killed him. And Deadpool basically keeps calling him racist the whole time. Again, I said spoiler words. Get over it. One of my favorite parts about this film, and one of the parts that kind of upset me, is we get the return and the first time of them actually putting a lot of thought into one of my favorite Marvel villains, Juggernaut. That's right, Juggernaut returns in this film. Juggernaut is a CGI'd character, just like Colossus. The CGI looks a little cartoonish at times. But when you're creating a character that big and making something out of nothing, I can understand it can be difficult. But they did a much better job than the Vinnie Jones. I'm the Juggernaut, bitch! Shit that's happened in X-Men 3. Juggernaut looked good. My only issue is, is I think they kind of wasted Juggernaut again. Because, spoiler alert, you get a fight scene with him and Colossus, which is awesome. You know, you get to see these two big brawling titans go at it. But the Juggernaut, they never really explain Juggernaut's powers. They do make a Charles Xavier reference with why he wears the helmet. But they never show his powers. Uh, you know, they show him having super strength. Especially when he rips Deadpool in half. But one of the thing is, is that when Juggernaut's running, nothing can stop him. You know, he is unstoppable and he has so much force and momentum while he's running. Well, during this, he runs a few times, and it seems like he doesn't have that power, that force. And I don't know if it's because he's still wearing the collar that they put around your neck to dampen your mutant powers when you go into the icebox. I don't know if he still had that collar on or not. You can't really tell because of his helmet. But if he doesn't, I felt like they kind of wasted that that part of Juggernaut, and Juggernaut, while he's not, they haven't, they didn't officially die at the end of it, he gets beat by having an electric wire shoved up his ass, yes, I said that, as he gets knocked into a swimming pool and gets electrocuted, it's a funny, funny moment with Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Yukio helping Colossus um, fight Juggernaut. Now, I hope that it's not the end of it, because again, Juggernaut's one of my favorite characters, and apparently he's one of Deadpool's favorite characters, because Deadpool references him a lot, and it's funny, I was just talking about hoping when Marvel gets it, gets the um, Fox rights back to X-Men and Deadpool and all that, that they use Juggernaut, because I, I really like the Juggernaut character. I said it to a friend of mine before Deadpool came out, and then Juggernaut's in this, and it just, it kind of made me feel amazing, because again, Juggernaut is just... He's a very fun, unique character to X-Men and to Marvel, and I, I'm a big fan of the Juggernaut. We get a reference when Wade and Cable are first fighting Juggernaut, and it is, if you know the Marvel movies, you're going to laugh. Wade is on top of Juggernaut, he's got his swords in the helmet trying to move it to where he can't see, and he starts saying, the sun's getting real low, big guy, which is a reference to what Black Widow says to Hulk to calm him down. And the fans of Marvel movies start laughing 
hysterically because we get the references. There's certain references in this you have to get the you have to be a deep comic book fan to get. There's other ones you can get if you're a movie if you're fans of the movies. One of the references that's a deep cut is Domino when they were talking about her having the power of luck and Deadpool says, "Who wrote that? Probably a guy who couldn't draw feet." The person that created Domino couldn't draw feet well. I mean, it, it, that's 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 a deep cut comic book thing that you that most people didn't know that most people wouldn't get. I laughed at it, and you could tell the other few people that got it laughed at it. There's a few references to DC characters from Wade saying he's Batman to Wade saying you're so dark. Are you sure you're not from the DC universe? To him saying that he fought a overpowered superhero with a cape whose mother's name is also Martha in the opening scene with Vanessa. You get references to Marvel movies when he has a mutant dampening collar on and he says, give him a bow and arrow, he's basically Hawkeye. He calls Cable Thanos and he says that he, what did he do to piss off an old guy with a winter soldier's arm? There's references to a pop culture movies. There's fourth wall breaking we get the return of Blind Owl. We get to find out where the cocaine he actually hid in Blind Owl's apartment was. Guess it was really there. We get... If you thought Tiny Hand Deadpool was funny. If you loved Tiny Hand Deadpool. Wait till you see Baby Leg Deadpool. That's right. Juggernaut rips Deadpool in half. Domino carries him back to Blind Owls. He is sitting there shirt cocking it, which I didn't know was a term, but thank you, Weasel and TJ Miller. That is now one of my favorite terms, shirt cocking it. Basically, when you're sitting on a couch wearing a t-shirt or shirt and no pants and no underwear, you're shirt cocking it. We get Blind Owl. Way gets her to rub his leg, and she says, why is your hand small again? He says, it's not my hand. She pulls it away. When the other characters come in, we find that he has toddler legs that he's growing back. He is wearing no pants. Cable comes in to say he released a juggernaut, giving his whole story about why he's after Russell as a kid, saying that Russell grows up after killing the headmaster of the school. He gets a taste for murder and ends up murdering Cable's family in the future, which sends Cable back. It, we get... And them making jokes about Deadpool, Tyler legs, we get a basic instinct moment to where he's crossing and uncrossing his legs, and you see the little, littlest hint of a penis. That's the second, two Deadpool movies, two times you have seen a uh, Ryan Reynolds' penis. Yep. Can't get it out of my head. Don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Feel funny feel weird not that it's weird to like to look at penises I accept everybody the this movie didn't have a big bad you kind of think the cable's the big bad until you realize cable is doing what he thinks is going to be to best for the world and to save his family so cable's not the bad guy in this you think the juggernaut's the bad guy and he is to a certain extent, but Juggernaut's only in this movie about five minutes, if that. 
you think Russell is the bad guy, but Russell, aka Fire Fist, isn't a bad guy. He's just he's there, and he's he's scared. You know, he's been abused, and he's trying to lash out the only way he knows how. So he's not the bad guy either. So this film doesn't actually have a big bad. It's a beautiful arc of a man trying to cope with losing the woman he loves, trying to die to be with her, and figuring out that the only way to do that is to save this kid. And Vanessa being dead is... I want to say that maybe she is the... Maybe they were going to use her as death. Because in the comic books, Deadpool has has a love affair with death. The embodiment of death. And he's married to the queen of the underworld. They could make Vanessa either one of these and it would work. But they didn't. They bring Vanessa back at the end. We'll get into that here in a minute with the post credit scenes. But the the last scene with Deadpool being shot after having a... He puts on a mutant power dampening collar to save Russell from Cable killing him. Basically saying, if you're going to kill someone, you have to be me. And he takes a bullet for Russell from Cable. And the next five minutes of him dying, not dying, telling everyone bye, is an incredibly moving moment that I hope the Academy is watching. Ryan Reynolds deserves an Oscar for that performance. It was great. And then as he goes to death and he embraces death, he finds Vanessa. They're hugging. He's happier than he's ever been. Cable goes back in time using his last bit of energy from his device to teleport to put the token, skee-ball token, that's pure lead that he stole from Wade in the Wade's suit. So when he shoots, he doesn't die. And we see them walk off. We see Colossus, Domino, Cable, Deadpool, and Russell all walk off into the sunset. As Cable says he's gonna stick around a while. So we're gonna keep we're gonna get Cable in Deadpool three if there is, or if they don't they make it an X Force, even though X Force is gone. But then after this whirlwind of humor and comedy and heart, we get the greatest after credit scenes in history. As Yukio and Negasonic Teenage Longest Name Ever have fixed Cable's time-traveling transport device, which I'm so glad they're going to let Deadpool be able to transport. Because Weasel made this in the comic book. Cable brought it with him. They made it. So what does he do? He goes back in time. He saves Vanessa. So Vanessa doesn't die. He says, I'll be back. He goes back and we see Deadpool from X-Men Origins Wolverine. We pan up on him and it's the scene where Wolverine meets him at the end. And we see Deadpool shoot him in the head and say, sorry, just cleaning up the timeline as he unloads bullets constantly into the abomination Deadpool from that movie. Fixing up the timeline. His first interaction with a quote-unquote Wolverine, even though we're just seeing the hand of it, we're not seeing Hugh Jackman actually playing that Wolverine, which I love so much that he killed that abomination. That's the greatest thing ever. 
Then he goes back. He saves Peter from dying and saving X-Force. You know, X-Force. Sugar Bear lived. I don't know if he saved the rest of them, but he saved, but he saved Peter. Then he goes back, and we see the awesomeness. We see Ryan Reynolds sitting at a desk, looking at a movie script, and he says, Welcome to the big time, kid. And as he looks forward, we see that the script says Green Lantern, and we see we hear gunshot blood all over the screen, all over the script. And Deadpool goes, You're welcome, Canada, as he has killed Ryan Reynolds before doing Green Lantern. Beautiful, beautiful writing. As many times as he said that that's just lazy writing in the movie, this was gorgeous, beautiful writing. He cleaned up timelines. He got jokes in that we've all wanted to see. He has killed himself constantly. He has referenced himself being Ryan Reynolds constantly. This movie, again, has something for everyone. It is action-packed. It is comedy-filled. It is. It actually has a genuine love story in it with Wade trying to do the right thing to get to the love of his life. We see interactions with new characters. We see interactions with old characters. We see the Juggernaut return. We see cameos from other X-Men. This movie is better than the original. And I am such a fan of the original. And I will tell you right now, this movie is the best movie I've seen this year. And yes, I'm biased. You know, Avengers just came out. And it is a phenomenal movie. And I am so biased. Again, for this movie right now. I love Deadpool, and they did it so right. Thank you, Ryan Reynolds. Thank you, Ryan Leach, Letch, Leitch, whatever you want to say. Thank you to everybody that was involved in this. Thank you to 20th Century Fox for actually doing this. And when you go to Marvel, Marvel, Disney, whoever, Mickey Mouse, Yoda, whatever you say, please do not fuck up this franchise. Let this franchise be. Keep Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool because nobody can play Deadpool like Deadpool. And Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Please just just let him be him. If you want to put him in other uh, Marvel movies, fine. If you want to make those PG-13, that's fine. You can work around it. But do not change the ingredients. Do not change what has made Deadpool great and made it a billion-dollar franchise. Marvel, you can make so much money with this if you just leave it the fuck alone. I'm just letting it known now. So, in turn, go see Deadpool. Go try to ponder the question, is do you want to build a snowman? The exact same song as Papa Can You Hear Me. Does the superhero world fat shame? Was Shatterstar really a dick? Is luck really a superpower? Ponder these questions. Ponder them. And then tweet at me and let me know what you think. Tweet at me at NerdPoolPod. Hashtag NerdPoolQuestions. Hit me up on Instagram. At Nerdpool Podcast. Follow me on Twitch at Nerdpool Gaming. Thank you to everybody for listening, liking, sharing, subscribing. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell your friends. And if I can just leave you with a few words that Wade Wilson, Deadpool, the the iconic words, memorable, heartfelt words that he used when he was dying. This last time, I might get choked up here, but they're so inspirational. Woodpecker, gingivitis, 
Codswallop. Do you want to build a snowman? Yes, we do, Wade. Yes, we do. All right, everybody. That's April for this week. So until next time, let's go get some tacos. See ya. Okay, what do you say? Come back here.